Welcome to the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast, a Christ-centered recovery show where we discuss the habits, mindsets, and tools that will help you live the recovery lifestyle. We believe that if you regularly do the work by reading the Word, showing up at recovery meetings, getting engaged at your local church, and giving back through service, that you will build a stronger relationship with Jesus and experience the freedom that comes from lasting sobriety. Please join myself, Chris Decker, and my co-host, John Rizzi, as we serve as your virtual recovery coaches through Season 2, featuring monthly recovery challenges, inspiring testimonies, expert guest teachings, and the raw, real-time recovery journey that we go through each and every day. To help us reach more people, please subscribe and leave a review. And for now, enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast. This is Season 2, and we are introducing in this very first Season 2 episode your first challenge, and it's a challenge around busyness. Today's episode is called Eliminating Busyness. Now, we're not going to talk specifically about what we need to remove from our lives. We're going to do some subtraction by addition. Today, we're going to talk about some intentional new things to add to our lives. And the law of displacement, if you drop something in a cup of water, the amount of mass of whatever you put in that cup of water is going to spill over. So if we add something good into our lives, um, there will be less room for the bad. Um, I'm joined here in studio by my co-host, John Rizzi, and we are so unbelievably excited to kick off this series on busyness. Hey, Chris. Yo. Yeah, excited (laughs) and and nervous at the same time. (laughs) I'm like in a really busy season, and I I, I think I need this a lot, but I'm also scared of it. I I was telling Chris on the way uh, when I was leaving my office to come over here, like, I feel like I'm too busy even to do the podcast. Uh, That's where I'm at. So all the more reason that the teacher and the student are the same. Well, let's, let's, um, like, can we dig into just how busy you are right now? Um, and maybe some others can relate to being in a, in a season of busyness. And, and, you know, as you hear John's pain points right now, um, try and see, you know, does this match anything in your life? Yeah. I mean, my, my personal experience, you know, what's interesting is, my kids are adults, so I don't have that level of business like I used to when the kids were younger and we were carting them around all over the place. But right now, work is really busy. Uh, I have uh, a key lieutenant who's leaving, so I, I'm going to have to find a replacement and I'm going to have to fill in for him while while we find a replacement. Um, we're doing some remodeling at home. Um, you know, I've got ministry work that I enjoy doing and want to keep doing and my own personal recovery work that I need to keep doing. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot and, and I'm sure that people can relate to this. So I don't know how much time we need to spend convincing people that busyness is an important topic, but I did want to read something that, uh, that I think a lot of people might be able to relate to. Um, this is from the full focus uh, Michael Hyatt, <clears throat> who I'm a fan of, a, it's kind of a productivity expert. But check this out, what he says about work. Work can be like water. 
It's life-giving, but it also flows wherever it can unless it's constrained. We need hard edges to access its life-giving benefits. Without those hard edges, water can flow into areas we don't want and can even be destructive. And and I, I think, I don't know if this was true of you, for me during COVID especially, and even now with the hybrid, um, the, the blurred lines between home and work when I'm working at home uh, can really be be a challenge because I don't have that hard edge of commuting to and from an office sometimes. And, you know, my email is right there all the time. I mean, it's right there even if I am commuting, right? Because I've got my phone, I've got my laptop. Uh, so being intentional about putting in boundaries uh, is what these challenges are going to be about. And And let's... Let's look at the opposite side of this as well. Let's let's imagine the person that during COVID found themselves unemployed yeah. or furloughed. And all of a sudden, um, you're starting to fill your life with maybe more mindless activities like more TV, um, more video games, um, more kind of distractions. And you find yourself now... Um, your life is filled with so many distractions. Just the thought of um, mindfulness or uh, the the thought of quality time is 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 also a little bit hard. I think I think it's you know you can be so busy with work or you can be so busy with not work at the same time. Yeah. It, the, the 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 sin here is busyness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Yeah, and and even we can busy ourselves with things that are seemingly really good, right? I just had a revelation. It's basically, if I'm so busy, it's basically me saying that I don't trust God with my calendar. I don't trust God with my time. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we trust God with our time? Well, uh, you know, one of the things that I would encourage everyone to do um, to launch into a challenge is... Do a do a fast, fast from something, whether it's food or electronics or something like to really prayerfully enter into this challenge to say, OK, you know, Chris and John gave me a bunch of ideas. I'm going to go to God and I'm going to fast and I'm going to say, Lord, I really want you to help me with my busyness. I don't want to be so busy that I'm neglecting my relationships that I claim are so important to me, whether that's with my wife or with my friends or with my kids. Uh, or with my parents. I mean, those are special relationships that I need to be cultivating. And it's very easy for me to to let distraction win. So I think that a fast can help me really focus and and trust God and say, I, I, I'm asking you, Lord, to, to guide me in these. You know, these guys gave me all of these different ideas. I need to pick a few of them uh, and try to eliminate busyness from my life. Okay, so there is one approach, which is, all right, let's potentially fast from something. Um, yeah, what are to, some, get, to get started, right? To like, get started. You know, like uh, to, to set my intentions, to set my, my, my mind and my heart on, on following Jesus. Yeah. Um, I think that there's something powerful in some sort of sacrifice uh, to get my mind focused on 
what the revelation is that he wants to give me in terms of, of this challenge. And we're going to give a bunch of ideas. Let's do it. Um, so let's talk about, uh, we were talking about some ideas for uh, the folks out there who are married and really being intentional about having distraction-free time with your spouse an hour a week. Now, if you're already doing this, kudos to you. Uh, does it have to be a conti- t- continuous hour, you think, Chris? Yes. I do too. <clears throat> so, you know, a date night would be a good one. But a date night, you know, I, I, re- I remember this being defined for me somewhere. I don't recall where it was. A, da- a date night is when you're sitting across from your spouse, not when you're sitting next to your spouse. Right. So going to a movie would not count. It can be included in your date night, but right. like we're talking about one hour with without your cell phones involved, without watching TV, not at a, like a concert, you know, not shoulder to shoulder, face to face. Yeah. Um, and uh, and talking to each other. Yeah, and about and, something. Well, and and <laughs> and that something needs to not be anything like logistical or business related. This is not a this yeah, this is not a business meeting between you and your wife. Right. This so is, we're not talking about money. Yes. We're not talking about the kids and their activities. We're not talking about our vacation plans. We're not talking about work. Right? Like take all those things off the table and then you might think like Shh, I don't have anything to talk about. Well, there's tons of conver- now this is the one time where you can violate the the no phone zone for a minute. You can Google couples conversation starters. (laughs) Literally, there are gazillions of questions out there that will get you started in having a really cool and fun conversation with your wife. Now, I I recently did a date night with my wife where we, we did this exact thing. We did not Google conversation starters, but we started out with, we each shared our intention for the conversation, what we hope to get out of the conversation. Um, my wife shared her intention for the conversation is for our anniversary, which was to kind of uh, take a look back on our life and have some reminiscing time on on kind of how our relationship's gone over the last six years of being married. And then my intention was some clarity on things going on in my life that, you know, usually when I speak with my wife and I share things that are going on, she has this ability to organize them and, and help me see things more clearly. And so <clears throat> I was able to sort of serve as historian. She was able to help me get clear. And lo and behold, by setting that intention prior to the, the conversation happening, it increased the likelihood of that happening through yeah. the conversation because we said it. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like praying. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, if you were present throughout the whole time where you didn't, you know, your mind didn't wander, you were listening to each other, you were maintaining eye contact, you were really connecting, um, that builds a tremendous amount of intimacy. It, it, it increases your trust with each other. Um, I mean, you, you it really know what? digs deep. There's one exception to the shoulder to shoulder. I think any form of long distance driving counts Yeah. Okay. without like the radio on. Yeah. Or like maybe on low. Yeah. Or like if you're taking a walk together, it's yeah. hard, to, hard to face each other when you're walking. What, what John and I meant is like, there's no like media, like being consumed, you know? Right. We're trying to eliminate 
a distraction that would take away from the connection with the person that you're talking to. Now, what if someone's single or they're already doing this? I think then there's a, uh, I would challenge people to spend more time with God. You know, either start a quiet time or if you already have a, a, a short quiet time, expand your quiet time. You know, add, it, it, uh, if you're not doing Bible reading, add Bible reading. If you're um, not doing verse memorization, add verse memorization. If you're not doing journaling, add journaling. I think journaling is a huge untapped um, resource tactic that really can help all of us become more present, less stressed, uh, and, and identify these busy points because I'm writing things down saying, you know, who am I becoming? What do I want to be? What's taking away from who I want to be right now? Those are good things to journal about and, and start to notice the pattern that says, maybe there's some things in here that I need to eliminate. There's a, a journaling prompt that I use that comes very naturally, which is I imagine anything that I write in the journal being direct communication to God. I'm writing a letter to God every time I'm journaling in that voice. And for some reason, it seems very effective and like it's one contiguous prayer. And um, it gets it can get very real if you th- because God's reading this anyway as you're writing it. Right. He's there. He knows it as I'm thinking it. Right. And so I don't know. I I can't. I've never said this to another person, but like I truly do feel like like when I do that, um, it is more of a direct conversation. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So I think another one, um, so we've got spending time with our spouse and, and we would include, I, w- I would say that if you're not married, that could be with friends, yeah. right? That intentional time with friends to cultivate a deeper relationship. Um, not doing drugs or drinking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, certainly going to meetings, uh, you know, continuing to make time for meetings, right? Meetings is not one of the things that uh, I would suggest you cut out of your schedule to give yourself more margin. Meetings are important. Meetings are intimate. Meetings are a good time to connect with other believers. Meetings are a good time to to build accountability and fellowship. For sure. From a business standpoint, if you have found yourself too busy to attend a meeting, if you're in Celebrate Recovery and you've been coming, let's say, to Lake Forest on Friday nights and now you're too busy to do that, your next step would be simply start going to meetings again. Maybe that's not the right meeting. Maybe try a different meeting another night of the week. But if you found yourself somehow so busy that you can't handle this area of your life, absolutely get yourself to a meeting. I think this could apply to church as well. If you if mm-hmm. you have found yourself too busy Saturday afternoons, evenings, or Sunday mornings to go to church and... Um, you're kind of just skimming the online version. I would like to challenge you to change that. I agree. If you're too busy for those two key anchors of the recovery lifestyle, then you're too busy in general. And, and you know, the, the, the potential outcome from that is, is relapse. Yes. And, 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 um, sort of falling away from, from, uh, now, do you need church to keep your faith strong? I think the answer is quite subjective, but um, you know, these things really are 
become stronger in community with other people. Yeah. And, and, and you may not need it, but it definitely doesn't hurt. Well, the Bible it's, says you need it. Yeah. But yeah. I think the argument out there is, is rather subjective. Like, well, what about online and chat? And isn't my relationship with God purely personal? And I don't want to get into that, but well, the, the idea is, you it's know, a both and, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, this, this almost seems too obvious, but, but like prioritizing rest, uh, is something that I think is important. So I, I would challenge people to investigate, um, doing a Sabbath, you know, we've talked about it several times on the podcast, uh, how, how God rested from his work of creation to model the rhythm of a week. Um, and he rested on the seventh day. If, 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 if you can't take one day a week off to do some of these things that we're talking about, to put down the things that are distractions, to put away work, and, and I'm not talking about just the work that pays the bills, I'm talking about work around the house too, you know. Do you know the number one thing that makes me feel like I am taking a Sabbath right now is a long, tasty nap on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Well, and that's <laughs> that's another tactic for prioritizing rest. I mean, it I, feels so it feels like it's so against the grain of my normal day-to-day is just this luxurious feeling of taking an afternoon nap. You know, it really is honoring the time by resting very intentionally. Yeah. At least for me with, you know, because it takes a lot to find the time to take a nap. It's very hard to do so. <laughs> totally, I agree. And and I've never been a napper, but but there's a tons of research that says, you know, how restorative and energizing a short 20-minute nap can be. And and I I've heard of lots of people who do this on a daily basis and you know, they're not any less productive because of it. In fact, they're more so productive and they're more present and they're more alert and they're more productive. Can I give an example for the nerds in the audience? Yes. Are oh, you asking okay. permission? Yeah. I thought you were just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the nerds in the audience um, that, you know, are into computers and you don't necessarily have to be a nerd, but okay. Um, if you have a hundred Chrome tabs open, all kind of loading different websites and software and you're running all kinds of stuff on your computer. Eventually it starts to, when you have so many things on your hard drive, it starts to get cluttered. You, your, your Ram is kind of full and this can happen in our minds and in our bodies. What happens when we take a, a nap is you're basically restarting your machine. Yeah. You, w the process of going to sleep is kind of like shutting down all the tabs. It is, you know, now, you know, your, your, your brain is able to sort of wipe the, the RAM and uh, you're able to, to, to restart with a, you know, you're able to defrag your, your mind. And this can happen in as little as 20 minutes and then wake up and now there's just a renewal of like, I'm starting from tab one. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, totally. And, and, and I would, I, I'd say, you know, as long as we're talking about sleep, we should extend um, this prioritization of rest to my nightly sleep, because there's tons of studies on that too, that, that, you know, we need seven to nine hours of sleep as human beings a night. Um, and 
there are things that we can do to get better sleep, right? Turning off our screens before we go to bed, having a conversation with my wife and praying and, you know, not watching TV right up until time to go to bed. Having a consistent bedtime and awake time is, is really important to get into my circadian rhythm, knowing what my chronotype is, right? So chronotype is like, when is my body naturally at its best? Yeah. I'm a morning person, but lots of people are night owls. So know what you are and honor that. All right. So we've given you a lot. Now, here's the part of the challenge where we want to challenge you. Out of all the ideas that we gave you, we want to give you a minute to choose one. And we're talking about just the next 30 days from today. Choose one. Is it a one hour a week just time with your wife? Is it 30 minutes a day to spend time with God? Is it getting back to meetings? Is it finding time for a full day of Sabbath? What is the challenge that you are going to commit to for the next 30 days? John and I are each going to do this, and we'll be back in about 30 seconds. All right, we're back. Hopefully you have come up with your challenge that you're going to commit to. Um, I will start with mine. I am going to add a 30-minute quiet time each day for the next 30 days um, of Bible reading. And um, I'm going to introduce journaling into this daily exercise um, of reflecting on the Word. Um, And uh, that's my challenge. Excellent. Mine is going to be that hour with my wife. Um, Right now, most of our quote-unquote intimacy time is watching stuff together. Uh, Sometimes we take a walk, um, but but we need to be better at, at, at sitting without our phones you know, that's another thing we'll do. We'll each read and then we'll kind of interrupt each other and say, oh, check this out. Oh, check this out. And then we'll have a mini conversation around whatever it is we've been reading about. But that's not the same thing because nine times out of 10, it's like she interrupts me and I'm reading and then we kind of talk about it, but I'm wanting to get back to what I'm reading or vice versa, right? And this this needs to be that intentional time where we're focused uh, and we're, we're, you know, really con- connecting. Awesome. So whatever you came up with, listener, um, we're going to be checking in once a week during these episodes and having a little bit of reflection time of the, the past week, seeing our progress with the challenge. Um, did we do what we set out to do? If not, why? If yes, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate that progress. But if not, we don't want to shame you for not, uh, you know, going through it. But we want to identify what happened that this was that led to that not happening. And then we want to address it, make a course correction and try again. Right. Yeah. And and I would say, um, you know, obviously we talked about intentionality and that being important, you know, noticing when I'm being busy to separate, but also accountability. Like, 
you know, if, if, if you're getting ready to do this challenge, see if anybody else will do it with you and talk to you about it. And uh, maybe that's even your wife, but, or uh, a friend, this is an area where your wife can be your accountability partner because you're, you're both doing a challenge to, you know, improve your marriage, to connect on a deeper level and, uh, and build on your relationship. Yeah. And I would add that, you know, um, if you would like to share what you've decided to commit to with John and I as your virtual recovery coaches, head over to recoverylifestyle.com and then fill out the contact form and send us what challenge you're committing to. And uh, we will anonymously read that on the next episode. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. One one piece of advice I have, Chris, I think um, this applies to me about changing the narrative in my self-talk, right? Because here's the things that I say so often to myself. I'm so busy. Oh, I didn't get everything done. I need more time. I don't have enough time. And I think that this kind of thing perpetuates the the feeling of busyness and overwhelm. And it paints me as a victim when uh, I can I can reframe that and say, you know what, if I prioritize my schedule and if I manage my energy, I have enough time to be present and make progress on what matters most. So if I if I take that agency and I take that ownership and I do these things, right? I said prioritize my schedule, manage my energy, define what matters most. If I do those three, three things, I don't think I have room to to complain about being too busy because I'll be getting the most important things done. So here's the cold bucket of water moment. What we say impacts what we think. What we think impacts what we feel. What we feel impacts what we do. So if we're constantly telling ourselves that there's no time, we're going to think that time, that we don't have enough time. And if we think that we don't have enough time, it's going to create feelings of anxiety, overwhelm, burnout, etc. And if we have those kinds of feelings, it's going to impact what we do. We might sabotage our time, find ourselves wasting time. And um, uh, so what is the antidote to this? 100% it is prayer. 100 million thousand percent it mm-hmm. is prayer. We want to pray um, intentionally uh, in this area. So let's pray together that we um, that we have uh, time, and then we're going to move into a bit of an open share uh, about that and then wrap up today's episode um, with prayer again. So I'm going to lead us in this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for uh, the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you for the listeners of this show. Thank you for my co-host, John Rizzi. Um, you are uh, you are a God that lives outside of time. Um, to you, one year here is 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 like a, a thousand years here is like a year to you, and vice. And so, uh, you are able to. You are able to have this infinite expanse of time. We want to trust you with our time, Lord. We want to hand over this area to you and say, God, we are we are tired of this pursuit of busyness. We are tired of pretending and we are ready to strip this off 
and be raw and real and to trust you with our time. Lord, I ask that everyone that's listening, that that you know their hearts, that you know their schedules, and that you are able to transform the time in their life by by doing this challenge, by putting some intention, by adding some good into their lives. And I and I hope and I pray that you are able to make that happen for each and every one of us in your perfect will. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, we do an open chair now? Let's do it. You hey first. Guys. <laughs> hey, guys. My name is John. I'm a follower of Jesus in recovery for sexual addiction, and I struggle with intimacy, anorexia, and jo- busyness. John. Hey, you guys. Oh, man. You know, this is... I am and both relieved and anxious simultaneously about this challenge um (laughs) i i the the anxious part of me is i don't want to come back and report how i've failed miserably at this and but at the same time i'm afraid that i might uh you know i feel like i'm in this really busy time i feel like you know there really is no room and i need to to change that narrative for myself right away uh, and and remember that I, I can prioritize my time and my energy and I can put the things that matter the most at the top of the list and let the other things fade away. And one of the most important things is my marriage. The most important thing is my relationship with God. My priorities, you know, we just had this question in CR not too long ago where we were asked to stack rank these priorities and there's like the way I want it to be with Jesus at the top and my wife and my marriage second and you know all the way down at the bottom is finances uh, and my career and and way too often as I go throughout the day those are inverted you know I might start off good with quiet time and prayer and as soon as the Bible closes I'm like running a million miles an hour and I need to not do that. I need to slow down. I need to invite him along every step of the daily journey because that's the only way that I'm going to not feel overwhelmed, that I'm going to not feel burdened. He literally says, give me your burdens and I will carry them for you. I need to do that. Thanks, guys. I'm John. Thanks, John. Hey, guys, Chris, grateful believer in Jesus Christ and recovery for alcohol, sex, porn, money, and codependency, working on intimacy anorexia. Chris. All right. So I'm going to keep this short. Um, I don't want to be so busy that God does not have any room. And Mm. that feels almost too simple to say, but it's true. Um, It's not more time that I need. I need to trust God to arrange my schedule by his priorities and and trust that there is enough because he's not going to not give me enough. You know, and if I feel like there's not enough, then I'm like, I'm not trusting God. And like, then, then I'm stuck on this, this hamster wheel and I don't want to be on that hamster wheel. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. Wow. Oh, man. Heavenly Father. Thank you so much just for this time together and this podcast and just the ability to share these things. We know that you will give us all the time and resources that we need to accomplish what you want us to do. Nothing more, nothing less. So please, Father, I just I, I ask that you help us see that clearly 
that you help us trust you with our time, with our money, with our energy, so that we can do the things that you want us to do. And we know that one of the most important things that you have for us is our relationship with our wives, <clears throat> our relationship with you. We need to prioritize those things. So I just ask that you guide us, that you give each and everybody who's doing this challenge boldness and confidence, and that we trust in you as you guide us along to success in eliminating busyness from our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you made it this far in the episode. I'd like to congratulate you. Because to me, that shows that you're taking your recovery seriously. If you'd like to reach out, please visit recoverylifestyle.com. You can use the contact form to submit a prayer request, give us ideas for future episodes, or simply to just share what's on your mind. We would love to hear from you. If you really are enjoying the show, what would mean a lot is if you could subscribe and leave a review. That will help more people find the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast.